Hey you. I'm Kim. And I'm Tara. Welcome to Unapologetically You. You are about to get your mind blown by our guest, Sylvia. Y'all, Sylvia is clairvoyant. Her journey to becoming her authentic, unapologetic self began with truly stepping into the gifts she's been given. Stay tuned for this freaking out of this world story. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at Unapologetically You Podcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you. Welcome, Sylvia. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me. You are a very unique individual. Not all of us have the gifts <laughs> that you have been given. Um, and for everyone at home, Sylvia is clairvoyant and she uses these gifts in her everyday life. So why don't you walk us through your journey of kind of becoming unapologetically you and owning these gifts that you share with the world? Okay, sounds good. So I was raised and born in Switzerland. Um, yeah, from very little on, I realized there was something a little bit different than, you know, as I say, normal people, what is normal? Sure, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think the first time I realized there was something definitely a little bit more intense, a little bit more different with me was about, I was about 12 years old. My cousin who passed on, he, I never met him. He passed on before I was born. He was a young boy. He got killed by a drunk driver. Um, visit me. I had severe strep throat and I was lying in bed. And I remember he just kind of like popped in and told me everything will be fine. You don't have to worry about a thing. Although earlier that day I was at the doctor's, they thought I have to go into surgery because I was in so much pain. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. So yeah, I woke up. Well, I kind of like, okay, who is this? Uh, what's going on? Why do I see this person? Um, I knew instantly this was my cousin, uh, although I never met him. It was just this gut feeling knowing that I know this person. Wow. And I got up and I schlepped myself to my parents' room and I kind of like, um, I'm having a problem. My, <laughs> <laughs> my cousin is with me. And my mom is like, no, just go back to bed. Um, I think you have a fever. You're not, you're not well. And I'm like, no, serious. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. He's with me and he's telling me I'm going to be fine. I don't need surgery. So they just kind of like played it down. Of course, they didn't know what to do with me at that point. And I went back to bed and um, yeah, I got up the next morning and everything was gone. I had no pain. I was back to myself. What? So yeah yeah so wow. that, that was the first time i realized so i don't have to be scared i don't have to be too concerned if somebody comes in and just kind of trust what they're giving me at that point um and just kind of go go with the flow did i really embrace it at that time no it's kind of weird to say hey i can see your grandfather i can see your grandma <laughs> just by going out and about so i kind of kept it kind of kept it to myself and just kind of, you know, worked with it and um, didn't really want to tap into it too, too much, but I kind of had no choice. It was almost kind of like, despite me trying to kind of like avoid it at times, sure. they kind of like, no, 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 no. You, we want to connect with you. So throughout the years, I would say from like 12 to 14, I had more family members come in either before they passed on and let me know that they will pass on 
or they passed on, but nobody knew that they have passed on except me at that point. So it was like either midnight and they just kind of like popped in and I knew, okay, this is like, they're saying goodbye. And then the next morning I got, we got the phone call, they have passed on. Although for me, it was like, I already know. I was like, okay, no big deal for me. Um, so that went on quite a bit. And again, I didn't have any control over it. It was pretty much, I was kind of just the channel at that point. And I really didn't know how to kind of completely hold my energy at that time. So I felt definitely depressed and a little bit lost. Um, I had issues with eating. I had an eating disorder and I felt like I definitely, looking back now, looking at why this all kind of spiraled out of control was definitely because nothing, I felt like I had nothing in control on the outside. So the only thing I could control was my inside. Right. Um, not in a healthy way, but you know, then around six, 15, 16, um, I discovered I have a form of synesthesia, well, multiple forms of synesthesia. Synesthesia is a condition where my brain is wired a little bit differently. So my main uh, form I have is color graph synesthesia, meaning every letter and every number, every word has a color. Wow. And I, ju I just always thought everybody else has that too. So I, I remember from very little on, if I met a person and they introduced themselves, their name sometimes did not match with their energy. And I sometimes got confused, which one should I actually consider? Oh, so, so I can get yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I realized that we were sitting, I, I was sitting, I was about 15, I was sitting uh, with my friend, my girlfriend, we talked about boys, you know, and um, she said, oh, I would love to date this guy. And she said the name and I was like, oh no, stay away. And she's like, <laughs> what, what, why? And I'm like, well, you know, his first name is green. His last name is yellow. It just does not match. And she's looking at me and I, I could tell like, okay, I said something. She has no idea what I'm talking about. So I kind of like went quiet and she said, what are you, what are you saying? There's no green, there's no yellow. It's just, sure. that's, his, that's his name. And I'm like, no, if you look at the name, the letters, his first name is green, his last name is yellow, and it does not match. The shades that come in, it's not a match. So you don't want to go out with him. <laughs> so she, she, she said to me, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's, it's simply black. Um, so I realized right then and there, I think it's best not to open my mouth at this point and not try actually to explain anything yeah. at this point. So I went back home and I tested my whole entire family. I went to my mom and I'm like, all right, so your birthday is this, this date. What color, when you write it out, what color do you see? And she goes, what are you talking about? It's black. And I'm like, no, it's red and, and yellow. And she goes, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, all right. Then I went to my sister and I tested her and she comes back with, no, it's black. And I'm like, something is not right here. I, I feel like I'm completely feeling lost because this is so normal to me. And yeah. I just I just realized now consciously that this is not the norm. I'm weird. 
they are, they're normal. I'm the one that's a little bit off here. <laughs> Which is mind-blowing as like a teenager. Oh my yes. goodness, yeah. Absolutely. And I felt very isolated. I felt very like, who do you talk to? Who are you going to go and say, listen, yeah. this, is, this is what's going on with me. Do you have any help? Do you know what I'm going through at this point? Even like therapists or any kind of counseling. And I felt like nobody, nobody had an idea what this could be. It took me about... I think I was already in the States when I actually, uh, I was already married and uh, I was at my in-laws and they were watching 2020 or program or something. And there was a little sequence about synesthesia and what kind of forms of synesthesia you can have. And the people they interviewed, they all explained synesthesia the same way as I did. So like, you know, the numbers have different shades of colors and sometimes it feels transparent and sometimes it's just, it's not from this world. Like you can't even say it's a yellow. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like what I'm having. I have a name. So I start Googling it yeah. and I'm like, all right, if I have a name, that means I'm not crazy. There's more people out there that experience this. Right. And I Googled it and I realized I just don't have one form of synesthesia. I have um, personal personality color, personality um, synesthesia on top of everything. Meaning, when I look at people, I see their aura. But was for me so normal all my life. I picked up energy, and never even thought this could be um, a form or something. You know, like um, yeah, a, a disorder. Like not, an it's not a, like an actual yeah, diagnosis. Something, right. yes, like something to right. call it. Right. And when I did more research, I realized, so I'm not the only one. Lots of artists, uh, lots of um, Billy Joel, he has a form of synesthesia. Kandinsky had synesthesia. Van Gogh had synesthesia. All these creative people who completely go through life in a different way, they yeah. actually had synesthesia some form, one one of the forms and i'm like holy crap like all right so this is good now i have to start working with this you know like yeah it. and yeah so i read a little bit more got a little bit more informed and i realized i could pass it down to my children so yes i do have two two girls um okay. 17, 17 and 15 and yeah of course i tested them and they have nothing <laughs> not one form of synesthesia I'm again by myself wondering where the heck does this come from? <laughs> because yeah. nobody, nobody has this condition in my family. Um, I tested again my family. Then I test. I told my mom again, and she's like, "I have no idea what, why, and how. Um, it's just something that that you are born with. That you go have, with, yeah. Go with it and run with it." So yeah, so that was like the teen years when I kind of started figuring that out. And then I left Switzerland because I felt very, very depressed. I felt, I personally, I feel I'm a very free-spirited person. I need my own ways of how I go through life. I yeah. can't, get, can't get put into a box. So growing up in Switzerland, education is huge. They put a lot of weight on top education. It's very structured, especially the part where I come from. It's the German part. Uh -huh. um, so, and I always, I was a good student, but it was always like, I don't feel this is where I want to be. I want to make sure I can stay true to myself. 
And through all this, you know, having an eating disorder, seeing that people, feeling yeah. things most people don't feel or not to that extent, I felt, I really felt it wasn't my home. I could not go and stay true to myself if I stay and do what my parents expected me to do or my friends expected me to do. So I got an offer to come to the United States and I actually, I got the offer in the morning and by the afternoon I signed the papers. I was like, hey, yeah, let's do wow. it. Wow. Yes, yeah. I wasn't thinking, I was just like, I, I can do this, let's get it done. And uh, I was only 21, just moved out from home. I was in a lease, I uh, had to break the lease. I had a roommate, she wasn't too happy with me because I kind of broke everything. <laughs> had no money and everything just fell into place. So in 99, I, I made a journey to Rhode Island. Uh, I ended up in a beautiful area, Jamestown, Rhode Island. Um, I was hired as a nanny. And yeah, the first day I arrived, I met my husband. Oh, oh my gosh, no way! Yes, so it was very interesting. I got there, I unloaded the car with my luggage and he was standing on the roof doing some, some work. And I got the message, um, this is gonna be the dad of your children. And here I'm like freaking out because I'm like, I'm 21. I'm only having a one year assignment. I am not going, I'm, there's no way. I don't speak English. I have a boyfriend at home. What the heck? Like what's going on? I don't, yeah. even, know, I don't even know this person. And yeah. I just kind of like put it aside. Didn't think about anything. Um, yeah, and I guess he noticed me too. And he went to the lady of the house and he asked some questions. And yeah, um, I asked him out by mistake. It wasn't wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> um, my Engl English was very, very um, broken. And I wanted to ask him where young people hang out, but I guess I asked him out. And oh, he was that's like, yeah, what's that? That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> So we went out and he got informed I was from Sweden. So he got himself a Swedish tape and he started um, learning Swedish at the he's a, he's a fireman um, at the station. He drove everybody nuts. And then that, <laughs> that night he picked me up and we went for dinner and I couldn't speak anything. I was completely like, you know, I didn't spoke any English. So yeah. he, start, he started talking and I'm like, this is not German, this is not English. What is this? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, okay, maybe because it's an island I got into, like maybe they have their own dialect in that <laughs> island. I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> so he said to me, Swedish? And I looked at him, I'm like, no, German. And our date was so quiet because we couldn't communicate. <laughs> So right after we went to the bookstore and we got ourselves a dictionary, English German, and that was our companion. And yeah, within a year we got married. Um, obviously I never went back. And yeah. whoever gave me that message that this is gonna be the dad of your children was right. I do have, you know, children from him. <laughs> so do you, like, cause now, okay. So earlier you had said that like you, you see dead people, right? But so you get messages even from like about your about your life that's coming from dead people or is that from like I don't know what else you know what yeah I mean? so this is really interesting at that point I wasn't very aware of how the messages come in and I had no idea who was giving me that message at that moment 
now later on in life i learned to utilize it better so i have i have tons of spirit guides who work with me i have awesome support from the other side um and i learned to kind of like really tap into it and be conscious of who is giving me those messages so okay. sometimes is it can be a deceased loved one sometimes it's a spirit guide that's not necessarily deceased from here it's just a higher wolf being sure. um, i have about six different sources and i do use them frequently i don't feel guilty for using them because it's really yeah. mu so much easier to do business or anything i have to make a decision so yeah at that point when this all happened i have to be honest i did not know where it came from it was just it was it's like blended in to my mind it's like the words come at me and it's like a sentence okay. and i see it and i can read it i don't hear them i see and that's the clairvoyance clear seeing but i had no idea where that came from i no idea i just kind of like okay let's not think about this and just go with the flow and see what happens well it was right on um 20 years <laughs> later still still married still going strong um but yeah um so that was kind of like where i started to you know and how do you drop how do you drop my gifts to a loved one such as my spouse you know we're dating and i'm like we're driving around and i'm like do you believe in ghosts and he's like uh, no <laughs> Like, do you believe in dead people coming and like able to talk to you? And he goes, not really. I'm like, okay. Do you tell us? No. I'm like, okay. Like, how 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 do you how yeah. do you make that work? And how do you, you know, like, I mean, I'm so grateful. He's such an open and he just goes with the flow. And I think, yeah, in the beginning, it was kind of like, all right, what kind of crazy person did I attract here? Because, yeah, she's a little bit out there. <laughs> but he learned quick to just kind of trust me and just go with it and not go against me or tell me I'm crazy or this is not possible. We have one particular rule. I never not once read him. It's an unspoken. We never, ever said that out loud. I never, ever did a reading for him. And I think it has to do with just I don't want to know more than what i should know does that make sense i should have yeah, the same, does. i should have the same um standpoint where i come from like he has and not any advantages comes to uh having more information or whatever do i check his energy absolutely i want to know what kind of energy is in so i can kind of adjust my energy sure. um but anything else it's almost kind of like it's an unspoken rule we don't we don't talk that's, about it yeah that's a testament though to your character right you know like right. to, yeah like that's amazing that that you do have that boundary that you're you're meeting him on the same level i i would feel very guilty and very almost like a little bit using this to my advantage if i would do so so and i feel like working with the other side working with um spirits angels whoever is out there there's there's rules there's definitely a law and one law is don't take advantage of situations that are not necessarily meant for you um but it comes to myself my husband is pretty smart so if you have any kind of issues and 
it could be anything, making a decision on something, he just goes, why don't you ask and then come back and let me know what we need to do. <laughs> but, oh, uh, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> he knows how to go around the thing. But um, no, I really don't tune into him. And he never really came and said, I need your help. Can you check this out for me? But I really respect too, because I do feel sometimes it gets a little bit cloudy, especially like when you have friends and they know what I do. And you go out and there's always that little tiny little slip up. So if you could just give me what you think about this, I'm like, come on. Like, yeah. You know, like, I know, I know, I know I can do this, but maybe I just want to be Sylvia at some point too and not necessarily sure. be on all the time. Absolutely. Um, we totally get that. I totally get that. You know. <laughs> Like, um, yeah, so there's definitely, I had to learn to just kind of like be very firm and just like, you know, this is not really something I feel comfortable doing unless you're doing it the proper way, make an appointment or like, you know, ask me first because I want to make sure like, you know, I can prepare myself a little bit too. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to, I don't have to do it. I'm doing this because I want to, and I want to help people and I want to give people peace and, um, you know, transformation and and help them to just feel a little bit more balanced that's not going to come if i have to do the things does that make sense like it's yeah. my my choice when i yeah. want to do it yeah so anyway going back to uh getting married having children i think my main i didn't start working with my gifts um until i had my near death experience um that definitely put everything my whole entire life went upside down. I uh, overdosed on Tylenol and oh uh, yes. And uh, I remember laying in the hospital and I was like, whatever I knew before will never ever be my life again. If I wanna be of help, of service, I have to be absolutely unapologetically true to me and don't give don't don't worry what other people think of my my being yeah take yeah. it or leave it right so i remember coming out and i remember they told me if i would went to sleep that night i wouldn't be here they told me um they're putting me me on the liver transplant because they don't think i have any kind of recovery from it but in the during that time my grandfather came in and he was like, everything is going to be fine. Everything is going to be good. You're going to come out of this. Absolutely no damage. Uh, we I want you to go back to your baby girl. Don't worry about it. And sure enough, I went, they released me after four days and I had absolutely no damage. They can't figure out why. I had eight times the legal limit in my system. For them, it was a sure thing. I would not go and just live life. Yeah, sure. And nothing. I went back home. I felt great. I was like, okay, let's let's get life going. And about three weeks later, I got up one morning and I said to my husband, I'm going to open a business. Um, <laughs> I'm going to open a business. I'm going to do intuitive work. This is going to be my path. And he said to me, all right, who are you going to serve? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. And he's like, all right, good luck. Um, let me know how that works out. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. 
And yeah, I went on and um, I started off at the kitchen table. I uh, had every night my, well, almost every night, appointments came in. I don't know how they found me, that, but they came in. And because it's confidential, my family had to leave. So every night they had to go to the library or to the movies or to the mall. And my husband, after like a month, he said, I can't keep on doing this. Like the kids, the kids are little, I can't do this. So we have to yeah. figure out something. And I knew I don't want to rent anything. I'm super sensitive with energy. So if the place has weird energy, I'm going to have issues. I love my house. I have enough space. Let's figure out something within my house, sure. without, within our house. And I hired him to do my downstairs, the basement, and I have a separate entrance. I have a nice, lovely oh, area awesome. yeah. where I can do my work. Um, yeah, and I remember doing it over Christmas break and I had absolutely no appointments booked for after Christmas break. And I was like, they better come. I invested some money. <laughs> I'm like, what am I gonna do if this is yeah. not happening? And as soon as I kind of like put that out there, my phone went off the hook. Seriously, I was booked out, like booked out. I'm like, oh my God, what the heck? And I obviously that was the first step of saying, you know, instead of doing on a donation basis, I have to make sure I can, you know, pay for electricity and have something. So I set the price. It was really hard for me. Who am I to say? Who am I to say what I'm worth at this point? Like, who am I to say this is what I want at this, yeah. at this moment? And appointments just came in. And then I realized a lot of people ask me, like, do you do meditations? And I'm like, not really. But if they are telling me I should do some meditations, then that's a sign too. Let's see what happens. So I started offering guided meditations, in-house guided meditations. And they were... I feel, felt like as soon as I put that on, everything shifted again. So yeah, I started seeing even more things. It's almost kind of like as soon as I let myself be me, truly me, yeah. that, that's when spirit or energy said, well, she's totally ready for this. Let's just throw more stuff at her. Let's see yeah. more things to work with. Um, and yeah, I started seeing like spirit animal guides for like people. I had like angels come in for them, um, solar angels, light angels, and moon angels. When I do sessions, I give them. Um, so it was pretty like a compact, like it all came together for my sessions too. And yeah, I'm doing this now over 10 years. Uh, I'm booked far out. I'm, I love what I do. I love sitting with people of all walks of life. So one thing that we didn't quite touch upon yet, but I know Tara and I were like absolutely fascinated with this is your work with missing cases. So you worked with the Swiss police and in New York? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I, in 2008, so, well, I have to back up the Swiss case went on for a long, long time. So I had energy come in to missing girls uh, over over maybe 15 years, every time between July and October, that was like the time frame and it got really, really intense for me. And I had them in every day telling me things and just kind of connecting with me from the other side. Um, 
And I really didn't know what to do with it because I didn't really know <laughs> if it's just something, um, if it's actually something I need to get more involved or should I just stay quiet and just kind of sure. like work with it. Yeah. Um, but it drove me absolutely, I would say definitely it, it took a toll on me because it got more intense as the year went on. And especially with me I, I like um, embracing my abilities, the more you embrace it, the more they're like, yay, let's just do it. She's ready to do this. And I'm like, well, no, I didn't choose you, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I had like on and off um, visions of certain things that happened to them um, since my late teens. And I kind of just pushed it aside. And then in 2008, it got really, really intense. Well, 2007, it got really, really intense. And I remember going, I didn't know where to turn to. I was already in the States and I had dinner with, um, at my in-laws and they had a family friend who was high up in the police department in another town. And I don't know what got into me. I said to him, do you work with people like me? <laughs> and he's yeah. like, and he's like, uh, yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, come again? And he's like, yeah. yeah, we do. And I'm like, so how does that work? Do you connect with them or do, do they connect with you? And he goes, we have both. We have people on standby we trust, we know they are absolutely okay. Uh, but then also we have random people who just with certain cases, they have information and we're gonna listen and we keep them in consideration, but we would never give them credit for solving anything. So then he comes, goes on and is like, why, what's up? So I explained everything, how I see these girls and you know, and I know it's, yeah. it's happening in Switzerland and he's like, I can't do much, but I would definitely, I would definitely um, advise you to get in, in contact with the police department in Switzerland and see where it goes. Sure. So that night, I went home and I wrote this letter to the main, like in my my area, the main office, um, police po police department, and. I swear I didn't wrote that letter because my German is not that great anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, because I gave just enough, but not enough, just enough to kind of poke their interest, but not sure. everything. And yeah. I didn't think anything. I sent it off. I forgot about it. And I got a letter back uh, demanding that I come in. And I'm like, well, that's a problem. I'm in the United States. I'm not in Switzerland. Right. Yeah. So they told me to call them up and uh, I called them up. I was connected to this detective and he said, we would love to have you in. He didn't give me anything. He just kind of like, I received your letter. We would love to have you in. Is there any way you can fly back? So I, I was talking to my husband and like, you know, we could just do a family vacation and you guys can hang out with my parents, you know, sure. do what you need to do. And I'm going to go see what I have to do. So I booked the flight, I let them know. They wanted me to, I was flying in on a Wednesday and they mm -hmm. wanted me to come in that Wednesday. And I was like, um, no. And then I started to get a little bit uneasy because I'm thinking, well, why is it so pressing for them? Because like, yeah, they they tried to get, send me a car. They were like, and I'm like, no, I can drive myself. I started to get a little bit, you know, a little bit nervous. I'm like, I didn't think yeah. that. I committed sure. the crime because yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, so I met with um, 
I met with this detective and I gave him what I saw. And it was very interesting. During the time I was in his office, I got even more information. It was almost kind of like they, they knew now it's the right place. So now yeah. you can just give even more. And yeah. there was one, um, one vision I have for years where I was seeing it, it felt almost kind of like I have the eyes of somebody else on me. And I see uh -huh. these girls, how they drove, there was like a, a street, but it seems like it comes from a kitchen window. And I see them uh, stopping for directions because they had their bikes. And I see them going up the hill and and like they had a car coming and they're entering in that like they they stepped into their car and they went up the hill well apparently um there was a guy a month after this all happened and that happened in 82 i was only like three years old i shouldn't even know anything Holy about cow. that yeah well four years old so yeah i shouldn't even know about this um apparently that's when he kind of like, all right, something is not right here. You shouldn't even know this because we did have somebody come in explaining exact the same thing, except, except he actually looked down and looked up and the girls were gone where I see them getting into a white car. Yeah. And he said, I was never released to the press. It was never, ever put out there. There's no way I could have known that. And I described it with the exact same words as this gentleman. So that's when he got very like, okay, we need to, we need to figure this out. Um, what else do you see? So I gave him the rundown. I, I realized throughout that whole entire week working with the police, it took an, an, a huge emotional toll on me. There was, these kids were 17 and 15 when they when they disappeared and they found them murdered. Um, I'm a mom. I could not even imagine this happening right. to my kids. And I was very naive at that point because I did start tuning in to the person that committed the crime. And it was absolutely awful, dark energy, complete something you should never do. I, I did not know. I, I yeah, had no idea. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, well, I can do that. And I tuned in and I was a complete mess, complete mess. So I, yeah, we worked the whole week. I give sketches from people. I, I saw the person. They knew who it was. Um, I told this detective from the very beginning, there's no chance we're going to get this guy. He has power. He has money. He has connections no matter what I'm gonna give you, it will not happen. And he's like, no, I know I have connections too. We can do this. And like, well, we shall see. Yeah. And I, I remember the last day he sent me an email saying, uh, he presented this all to the church. We have to go. Thank you so much. I would love to work with you for, in other cases. And I was reading the email and I'm like, it's not happening. It's not happening. I know there's gonna be issues. And not even a day later, I got the message. They got shut down. They are not allowed to go further into it. Wow. So I feel, especially like comes to this line of work, seeing all this and going through all these emotions and 
trying to help families, help police officers. Yeah. And then you're not getting anything because of circumstances was so hard for me to accept. I came home, it took me about three weeks to really kind of get back into my work. I was just so depleted, so down, feeling so like helpless, just kind of feeling, yeah. okay, what am I doing? And I told myself, I will never, ever, ever do it again. It's not me. It's not something I want to get more into it. And then in 2012, I got a message from a lady upstate New York. And she said, uh, she heard about me. She knows I'm absolutely credible. Um, and she would love for me to work on a case. And first I was like, nope, not doing it. Absolutely yeah. not. I am good. And yeah, I, for whatever reason, decided to do it. And again, it was a missing young adult, a teenager. Well, no, he was older. He was college student. Um, even took the trip up there um, and realized I was in great danger at that moment because I knew a little bit too much and the people who were involved in this situation <laughs> did not like me. I got actually, I went up with one of my friends and um, worked with the parents of this missing boy. Uh, and it was a very odd energy, everything, it, nothing added up at all. And I remember sitting, uh, they, they had, they rented us a, a room, a little cabin. And I remember sitting in that bedroom at, I think it was about nine o'clock at night and everything, I got this message from this guy who went missing, obviously he was passed on. He goes, leave, don't even say goodbye, just go. Wow. So I was like, I can't just go. They hired me to do work. Like, come yeah. on, I can't just go and leave. And he's like, go, don't even look back, go. So I woke up my friend, I'm like, we need to go. And she goes, I got the same message. I had him come in via dream. Um, we need to go. And it was funny when we got there, I never unpacked the car. The only thing I brought in was my phone charger and my pillow, everything else oh stayed in the car. And I, I thought for myself, this is so odd. Wow. I'm going to be staying for a while. Why, why can I unpack? And yeah, we left midnight. We drove back to Rhode Island at midnight. In the meantime, I was texting the mom that I actually left. And she was like, it's absolutely okay. I completely understand. And I was thinking, oh my God, this is like, she's going to flip on me because sure, yeah. She, was, yeah. she was completely okay. And then I got home. I got so sick. And I think again, it had to do with, it's just not something I should be involved with. Yeah, um, yeah. I had, I, I was throwing up. I've had a fever. I could barely function. And then the text started coming in, threatening me. And I was, I had my husband come home. He had a night shift. Um, yeah. And I told him like, if they have my phone number, they know where I live. That's not a good thing. Right. Um, and this was a very uncomfortable, a very uncomfortable situation. And I swore after that one, I have no desire to. Yeah get involved in stuff that's way too emotional for me and puts my family at risk, to be honest with you. Right. <laughs> On one side, I feel honored because, you know, they wouldn't feel threatened if I don't know anything. 
if I can turn it to. But on the other side, it's like, is it really worth it? I have a good thing going with the one-on-ones, with the audience readings, with meditation. Why putting myself in a position that I know it takes me months to get back, weeks to get back into my own energy? What a fascinating journey you've been on. Yeah. I mean, oh, thank you. <laughs> like to get to this point of really owning your true self and using like the gifts that you've been given to help other people. It's, it's just completely admirable to, to be who you are now. Like very, very cool. Very cool story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I do have moments I get up and I question myself and I wonder if this is actually, you know, what do people think? And then I have to get myself back and say, can't make everybody happy. You're not a cookie. You're not wine. Just be you, just do your thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. make sure you stay true to yourself, be honest, have integrity, listen to what your customers need, listen to what your friends need, but don't comp- compromise yourself. Don't go and do something unless it absolutely resonates with you. Yeah. It's, okay, it's okay to say no, it's okay to set boundaries. Just because you feel so much with everyone does not mean you have to fix them. If they don't ask, don't fix. Great advice. Yes. What advice would you give to someone who is learning to come into themselves or come into their own? Oh, you mean like on a on a like intuitive level? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So I would say if you feel super sensitive and you know things are going on with you that might not be like everybody else, make make sure you figure out your main sense. What is your main sense? There's so many different senses in how you can receive. Uh, messages and how you can connect to the other side. If you know what your main sense is, it will be easier to accept it and build up and work with it. Get tools, ideas, how to protect yourself. Making sure you completely listen to your heart. So I always explain it to my customers. We have ego and we have soul. And your ego is this lovely little voice that tells you, you shouldn't be doing that. You're not good enough. Um, you might be crazy. This is going to be too hard. You should fear this. And if you can tell that ego to go on a little vacation, <laughs> make sure it doesn't come back for a little bit, that would be great uh, to kind of like shut it up because this heart, soul is way more important, way more healthy for anyone to follow through. And yeah, it might sound crazy to people when you have a crazy idea. But if it's giving you that spark, if it gives you that passion, if it lights you up, then do it. Don't hold back. So what have you learned about yourself going through this entire process your whole life? I'm stronger than I think I am. Yes, I can handle anything that comes up me. And the most important part, you're never, ever alone. Despite of feeling lonely, there's always help from the other side. You just need to know how to tap in and utilize them to your to your best, you know. Yes. So what do you think has been the hardest part about your journey? It feels lonely sometimes. Definitely. Um, feeling. I sense pain. I sense emotional and physical pain of people, animals. And that can sometimes be a little bit tough to handle. Um, especially if you're not in a session and you work through something and you're like, what the heck happened? <laughs> like, yeah. why do I feel like this? Um, yeah. That's definitely a very, 
not the fun part of being so sensitive. What do you hope the takeaway is of your story for our listeners? I hope, well, hope is not an intention. So I want or feel with my story, I, I hope I resonate with other people who have similar feelings, experiences, and that they know they're not alone. Uh, it's real. You're not crazy. <laughs> and find ways where you, where you feel supported, where you feel you, you, you are seen and really truly step into your own energy. Just don't apologize. Don't try to make sense. Just go for it. Because the more you can step behind who you are, the more beautiful it's going to get. Sylvia, your journey to really becoming that true, authentic self has is, is nothing short than amazing. Um, learning to come into your gifts and then giving your gift back out to others is is something that I think that if the world did a little bit more of, we'd all be a little bit more healed, right? I would say so. Thank you so much for coming on. And before you go, we just have a couple of really fun, lighthearted pop questions we're going to ask you. Sure. So the first one is, are you a coffee or tea kind of girl or neither? Definitely tea. If you were a superhero, what would your power be? Time traveling. Ooh, very That's cool. Uh, what is your most used emoji? You know, that round thingy, the face with the, with the teary, like the, the laughing one. Like the yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the one with the teary eyes constant. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> um, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza? Uh, don't eat pizza, but love pineapples. <laughs> Are you a morning person or a night owl? Definitely morning. Us too. Us, Us too. too. The earlier the better. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sylvia, we cannot thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us. It was so incredible to hear your story. Thank you so much for being unapologetically you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. We're so happy you joined us, and we hope this story inspired you to be unapologetically you. Join us next time for another remarkable journey. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us on our website at unapologeticallyyoupodcast.com. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at unapologeticallyyoupodcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you.